How are we doing, Jets fans? I'm Glenn Norton on location here in, in London. My turn to uh, to go live from a hotel room here with Chris Schubert, Dylan Terriman to talk. Oh, i got to get to throw the hat on. Chris Schubert, Dylan Terriman to talk Jets 13-10 overtime win. Some transactions to replace all the guys that got hurt because there were plenty of those. And Zach Wilson, how did he look? Where did we come down on his performance a few names come in to backfill some of the injuries and a workout from a recent draft pick for the Cleveland Browns. How are we doing tonight, guys? Dylan, how you been? I'm good. Uh, kind of playing musical backgrounds, everybody, kind of on different locations every week. It's kind of interesting. Changing it up for the viewers that are, are paying attention yeah. on YouTube. But a little Where's Waldo? Yeah, for, for all the positivity and not having lost a game in over a calendar month with this team, there's so much negativity on social media. So I'm glad to just... Hop on with you guys, and, and hopefully we can be a little bit more positive. Chris, how are we doing? We're, we're doing well, Glenn, Dylan. Good to, good to be with – good to have the crew back together again to do a show. And I will tell you this. The, the, here it is up front. I apologize to all the listeners last week who I gave you the confidence that this team was going to win by two scores, that it was going to be comfortable, that it was going to be easy. That is the end of me being nice on this show tonight. You are going to see a different version of me when it comes to talking about this game against the Giants, Zach Wilson, and the team moving forward. So there you go. You got your big apology from me. They didn't do what I thought they were going to do, but that's it. It ends there because the rest of this show, I've already warned Glenn. I've warned Dylan. This might get off the rails. Yeah, listen, it's um, fans are emotional about, uh, emotional about Zach Wilson. And I, I feel no. like... I, Jets fans? When, they have thoughts I, about Zach Wilson? I haven't heard it. When anything. I think about how I've my you know my thoughts on Zach have evolved I feel like they've been consistent with his performance whereas some people are like some people who thought he was going to be really good are stuck on that and they're they're overrating him although there's not many and people who bailed on him are unwilling to come back and they like as we were saying in the pre-show um anything short of perfect and he's an abomination um if if every you know every throw he makes if, if 19 of them are on the money and one of them's off by a hair, it's like, oh, look, but what about that one? Um, they, they want the mistakes under a microscope and they want the success under the rug. 13-10 um, win. We'll start with the win itself. Improbable win. I said post game. I sat down. I was setting up the start right before that drive started. And I thought, you know what? Just in case. And rather than go live with a with a piss, pissy attitude, I'm going to hang in there and see how this what unfolds here. Zach makes a couple of great throws, sets him up for a field goal. Listen, Brian Dable, I think this guy might be overrated. Like, he he helped the Jets out a little bit. Um, if I'm him, I'd probably go for it on that fourth and one. But, mm -hmm. he, you know, he attempts a field goal. Um, but I think I think Dable did a really bad job. Um, but the Jets, listen, they, they fought, and, and it wasn't pretty. But as I've said a couple times, how many times have we seen bad teams or any team play terrible football and win and think, damn it, when are the Jets going to get one like that? When are the Jets going to have a game where they don't show up and they still pull it out? That's what they did this Sunday against the Giants. Your thoughts, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, ugly win, you have to admit it. There is not a lot Very. of positive to take out of it. And if the, the score went the other way and the Giants won 13 to 10 in overtime, this podcast would have a whole different feel Obviously, the, the the player specific stuff would be different, but it would be a lot of doom and gloom looking at three and four compared to four and three. Definitely felt like two New York teams that didn't want to win a football game. Obviously, uh, the narrative coming into the game was weird. The Giants were two and five and ready to turn their season around, but the Jets were 
three and three, hoping to keep their season alive. I was, I was very confused at the narrative. And then you see Connor Hughes's tweet, like with like a minute and something left in the game. And it said the game is over. And I'm like, okay, well he's at the stadium and I'm yeah. at home on a delay. So right. like this sucks. And now yeah. I'm like, Oh, Jets have the ball. Uh, I was telling my wife, I was like, look, we're about to throw an interception or something dumb happened. Cause the game is over and yep. it's not over. And little do we know that the tweet was not in fact, correct. And you got to keep tuning in and you watch the whole game and they obviously pull it out, but ugly, ugly, ugly win. But there is some positives. There's a lot of negatives and that's the injury side of it. We talked about it last week, Chris and I, it's like we use the bye week to get healthy and then the, the bottom just kind of falls out on this offensive line. Again, every single offensive starting lineman seems to have been hurt except for Makai Becton to have missed a game this year. So it's, it's really oh, tough. Lake Tomlinson too, right? No, you're right. Yeah. Lake and Tomlinson yeah. has actually been, sustainable yeah which is unfortunate but yeah that's where we're at a lot of injuries a lot of new names a lot of you know new men I don't know if you saw Dexter Lawrence mic'd up on uh NFL films but he was making fun of Xavier Newman he's like oh the new man is the Newman and he abused him so like this is what we have to deal with and we have Roger Saffold off the practice squad now so we'll see what happens Dennis Kelly just got called up so it's kind of patchwork again for the second year in a row we got to keep Zach healthy yeah, look, I, I'm not going to do what everyone else has done when it comes to this game. Everyone puts the caveats on it of, oh, it was ugly. Oh, it's not one you want to have. Oh, you would like them to have played differently. I'm not putting any of those caveats on that. The New York Jets in 2023 won their fourth football game of the season. They won their third game in a row. They are on a winning streak, and they are playing winning football right now. No matter what, they are finding ways to win football games. When they are not playing their best in some facet of the game, mainly on offense, they are finding ways to get it done when it matters most. That's what the takeaway should be about the 2023 New York Jets and this game on Sunday against the the New York Giants. The New York Jets are in position to control their own fate in the AFC playoff picture. They get to play the Chargers. They get to play the Raiders. They get to play the Browns late in the season. Teams that they are going to be directly competing with, at least the way the standings shake out right now, for a wild card spot. So forget how they've won these four games. Forget how these first seven games go. The Jets have an opportunity on Monday to go up against a direct competitor in the AFC playoff picture and beat that team at home on Monday Night Football. The Jets are 4-3. and three. They are playing good football. They are playing winning football, and they are finding ways to get it done when it matters most. That should be the takeaway from this football game. Yeah, it kind of goes to what I was saying with, you know, how many times we've seen teams win these games, and you wonder when the Jets will. And what, what I compared it to, Chris, the other day after the game was when you watch a, a normally like, like a great veteran pitcher in baseball when he, when he goes out to the mound that doesn't have his best stuff and he finds a way to win. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's what a winner does. Like, you don't have, you, you know, your slider's not sliding, your curve's not curving, but you're spotting the ball, you're changing speeds, you're keeping guys off balance, and you find a way to win without your best stuff. And that's what the Jets did. They, they, they I, I hope that's their worst game of the year. And we'll be able to say they won their worst game of the year which is, it, again, it's huge in the NFL, as, as we say all the time. You don't apologize for wins. They're hard to come by. It's not as if everything went the Jets' way. I get that the Giants had injuries, but listen, the Jets, there's injuries, and then there's like we have a guy at center who has never played the position before and only played, I think he I think he played one NFL game prior to that. It's not even like he was a five-year veteran guard who swapped over to center. Like this guy doesn't know how to play in the NFL yet, and he gets moved to a position he's never played. Um, so, yeah, listen, it was rough for the Giants losing their quarterback, but uh, the Jets still had to find a way to win with Zach Wilson under center, under duress. I said before the show, PFF had the Giants down. Now, he was pressured 
25 times, but since some of those were by multiple guys, 31 Giants, or the Giants were credited with 31 pressures by PFF. He was pressured on more than half of his dropbacks. If you watch the game, if you watch the film and, and you're being objective, I don't know how you come away trashing the kid. We've seen videos put out now by Daniel Jeremiah showing what he did. Um, who else? There was another prominent. Uh, Dan Orlovsky talked about how great. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah, Orlovsky put one out. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Jeremiah. You know, and listen, and here's the thing. This is what I was saying earlier. There are so people who were so anti Zach Wilson. You know, I've seen the replies to the Daniel Jeremiah thing are, that's Joe Douglas's guy. So he's covering for his bad pick. Like, give me, so, so the, so, so the plays that he's showing us where he's taking a shot in the chops from a dude's helmet while he completes a pass. That's not happening. I'm not seeing that. That's not a thing. Like, there are so many things that we've pointed out that Zach Wilson has gotten better at. And yes, he still needs to get a lot better. But um, people who are still trashing him and saying he's the same guy and the same results, I'm I'm not there. I haven't been there since training camp. But now we're seeing him do even more. Um, I thought, really, if you look at it throw for throw and the amount of duress he was under – I thought it was a pretty good game considering conditions, considering nobody's getting separation. Um, it was a perfect storm for him to go out there and throw three interceptions and, a, you know, a pick six. And he didn't. Uh, I think it's fourth or fifth game without an interception. Yeah, I'll, ahead, jump, I'll, ju- I'll jump in here because I'll answer the question that you have down there, which is Zach Wilson, good, bad or ugly. The answer is good. Zach Wilson was good on Sunday. He- here are some undeniable things that people you cannot combat this stuff. This is stuff that you cannot say, oh, but this, oh, but that you cannot. Zach Wilson, with 24 seconds left and no timeouts, made two throws that he would not have made in 2022 or 2021 100%. to take the Jets down the field and put them in a position to make to, to, to kick the field goal to send the game into overtime. In 2021 and 2022, Zach Wilson doesn't make those throws. He doesn't make those plays. And oh, by the way, on one of those plays, rolls out to extend the play and make a just good throw on the run to be able to get, I think it was Alan Lazard in space to be able yep. to move up the field. That stuff doesn't happen in 2022 or 2021. The other thing that is important, the Jets have one good wide receiver. Sorry, Alan Lazard. Sorry, Xavier Gibson. Sorry, Randall Cobb. I know you didn't play. The Jets have one good wide receiver. One person that can separate on this team. And so when you are on your third string center, okay, just on the game, in the game, you're on your third string center. Not to include the guys that have already been injured from this. Yeah, he's your fourth center. On your fourth or fifth center, your fourth or fifth interior offensive lineman of the season, you're facing pressure all day. Do you know what Zach Wilson didn't do in the game, guys? He didn't throw the backbreaking interception that people have come to expect from 2021 and 2022 Zach Wilson. So when I hear people say, and sorry, I am extremely fired up about this because I'm just done. I am done with this conversation um, about yep. Zach Wilson because you got a four and three football team that controls their own destiny, that's playing winning football, and their quarterback is not actively helping them lose football games. And we are sitting here debating on whether or not he was good. I don't understand it. But when you have a, you're on your third string center and he doesn't throw the backbreaking interception. When's the last interception he's thrown? He's taking care of the football. Yes, I know the two fumbles. Yes, I understand the two sacks. I'm not up here saying Zach Wilson played like a top five or top ten quarterback. I'm and not up here saying was the snap was the right, exchange I, with the new center. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that Zach Wilson played perfect. I'm not saying any of those things. But for what the Jets needed on Sunday, Zach Wilson was good. And I'm sorry if you want to complain about Brees Hall about throwing a ball at Brees Hall's feet. If you want to talk about not being able to feel pressure and take bad sacks. If you're going to say all those things, then I want to be able to hear you praise those two throws with 24 seconds left 
that takes this team into overtime. And oh, by the way, the throw where he escapes out and finds Garrett Wilson to keep the drive alive. And oh, by the way, the throw while he's getting engulfed by in his entire offensive line and the entire Giants D line to throw down the field to get the pass interference. Did, has, has anyone watched the Daniel Jeremiah breakdown of that throw? He, yeah. he can't get the ball off cleanly. It's yeah, like the gets, three quarters. Gets hit, three quarters through, yeah. I do mm-hmm. not, I do not, I do not, I do not understand why we are continuing to do this. Progression is not linear. Zach Wilson is not going to go from being a the the 45th ranked quarterback in the National Football League to being a top 10 quarterback. There are going to be steps forward. There are going to be steps backward. He is going to progress non-linearly. There are going to be weeks where he looks like the guy that he was in the Chiefs game. Then there are going to be times where he takes a step back and he's not, stuff's not firing on all cylinders. You got play calling that's bad. You got an interior offensive line that's a mess. You got wide receivers that can't separate. And for everyone who talks about how bad Zach Wilson is, with those three things, that's not helping him. I don't know if a top 15 quarterback overcomes bad offensive line play, wide receivers that can't separate, and bad play calling. So why, should Zach, Wilson, why, why should Zach Wilson overcome that? I, I'm just it, done with this. Zach Wilson played a good He's the number two game. pick. He should never make a mistake. He's unbelievable. To be the franchise guy. If he makes one mistake, that's it. You got to trade him. Dylan, what do you think? Yeah, I feel like to your point, like you just said, Glenn, if anybody starts the conversation with he was the number two overall pick, I just you got to shut it off at this point. That's not the expectation. He was a backup coming into the season. You have to look at it through that lens. That being said, while Chris was going, I was just looking at some of Zach Wilson's uh, stats on PFF. He had his second highest yards per attempt at 7.7 on the season. He had two drops, which was really four or five. If you really yeah, go back and that. watch the film, yeah. they only credit it with two because of like contested, uh, you know, pass breakups, but they were drops by Wizard. Yes. Uh, obviously you said at first in pressures, that was the most pressures he faced all year with 22. Uh, Dallas even only pressured him with 20 and he still managed the third highest QBR uh, QB rating for his season. So you put yeah. all together it's good, bad, and ugly when you look at the film, but it culminates into a good performance that ends in a win. Obviously, there's things that he could do better, but, I mean, outside the the breeze pass and the two untimely sacks, which maybe he's coached to do that. We don't know. There's Instead of saying, hey, just throw it up, just go down. We don't know. We have no right. idea. I'm not going to excuse him, but you also can't fault a quarterback every time he doesn't throw the ball. So, and there was know, a lot of, of those, coverage. You know, some of those he's trying to make something happen. Yeah. And there's you know, a lot of getting, coverage getting, sacks in this game. He's getting kicked. So. You, know, you got, you got and Greg Rainoff here. Just reminded me, you've got uh boomerous eyes and saying they shouldn't have won the game because of the snap. He just doesn't and understand as, the rule. Like boomer as, just doesn't get the rule. Yeah. yeah. As, as, as Greg says here, if you think back to boomer's time with the jets, um, they had that, they had a three, nothing win against the Redskins on a day where the weather was great. They had a running game. They actually scored. I think they went without a touchdown for three weeks. Um, they they won like 6-3 or they lost 6-3. They won 3 nothing the next week. So Boomer's been – Boomer has done far worse than Zach Wilson's done. Um, and him and his buddies over at FAN, which I don't know what the hell happened to that station. They used to be great, but I haven't listened to them in years. Um, but really – the Zach Wilson thing, I'm over it. Uh, can I jump kid- in with one more thing? Go right ahead. Go that's, right that's, ahead. that's just it's just bothering me because th- there's this there's this narrative out there that all right, Zach, trust your running game, get it to Garrett Wilson, get it to your playmakers, let them make plays, just just do this the simple stuff. And then he throws the ball to Brees Hall on a checkdown, and Brees Hall does what Brees Hall does and gets a touchdown. And then when you give Zach credit for doing that, people are like, oh, it was it was just a checkdown, it's like that's Brees Hall. It, yes, it's Brees Brees Hall. Hall. 
That's what you wanted the guy to do, and you've been screaming at me on Twitter and on this show for weeks that that's what you want Zach to do, and then he does it, and it's still not good enough for you. So please, I, I, I I'm genuinely, I, I, I genuinely said, I said it weeks this. ago the goalposts stop have been watching, moved. stop the watching the team moved. We went from the defense is great, Zach, just don't turn it over and get us some points, and we, we have this thing like the recency bias with with football fans is unbelievable it's like a legitimate national uh uh what do you call it uh uh like a like a like a health emergency like people will just if you scored six points this week and you scored like 30 every week before that your offense sucks this isn't i see people saying this isn't sustainable they can't keep doing this it's one week they scored 21 the week before. They Thank scored you. 31 the week before that. Why Thank are you talking about this like they're winning 7-6 every week? It's what not it, sustainable, and it's not going to be the way they're going to do things. It, it is a great point because for this argument of that this is not sustainable, by the way, they've won three in a row. They've won four of seven. So I disagree with your premise that they can't win this way because they've done it over a decent enough sample size. Every win is like this. <laughs> of the National Football League, right? Every win's kind of like this. Uh, the other thing, too, is – are, are we going to, are we, re, we, and I mean the collective we, not the three people on the show, the collective we, are we really going to say the Denver win, the Philly win, this win are all the same and it makes it unsustainable? We're really going to sit here with a straight face and say what they did in Denver is the same as what they did in this game against the Giants? Absolutely not. And by the way, there's plenty of problems on this team. I worry about the offensive yes. line. I worry about the play calling. I worry about anybody not named Garrett Wilson getting six millimeters of separation to be able to catch a pass. Yeah. These are all things that I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about Zach not being given the freedom to do the things that he did. And this is the thing that drives me crazy is the dude can make the throws with 24 seconds left. The game on the line, he's slinging it around and you don't call any of that stuff early in the game. It baffles me that this is the way they run this offense. But that being said, like it, it it's different every single week. It's different. The Eagles game is not this game. This game no. is not the Broncos game. The way they won the Bills game. Like, what are we talking about? That, that's what I mean. It's, mm -hmm. I heard someone ask Robert Sala after the game, uh, is this sustainable? And I'm like, this is the first time they've won one like this. I, mm -hmm. I get it. I've seen years in the past where, you know, it's it's like it's ugly several weeks in a row. And you're like, hey, you know, you can't keep doing this, right? Which I get. But, like, they just beat the Eagles. People and equate close games to to being ugly. That's the that's the equation. If a mm -hmm. game is close, you've played it ugly. They didn't play the Denver game ugly. They didn't play the Philly game ugly. They no, drove that's what I mean. they drove up and down the field and couldn't do anything in the red zone on the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Mm -hmm. They caused three turnovers in that game from Jalen Hurts. Like the Giants gave him more fits than the Eagles did. That's, right. That's like, what are we the, talking the most about? Amazing part. Yeah. They were going up and down on Philadelphia, up and down, going into the red zone, and they would just get stalled out. I, right. I, I said this last week. If two of those drives end in touchdowns, we talk about that Philadelphia game so differently. Yeah, yeah. if they had one touchdown per game, things get a lot different. Did they even have four red zone trips against the Giants? I don't think they did. I don't know that they did. I'm not sure. Red uh, zone, 0 for 2. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't even get there four times. Right. So, so they didn't do what they did against Philly. You're right. It, it's, it's, it's a completely different game. But that's and I hate to keep referencing this. I talked about it last week. But when Rogers talks about it on, on Pat McAfee, it it's overreaction every single week with these teams and and fans live week to week. So like, if, unless you can like pull yourself out of it and look at the whole picture, somewhat like what we try to do up here every week, it's like it's really hard to. I, I get it. Like it looks ugly on the surface, but these wins are not the same. Like 13 to 10 against a defense that 
Well, I mean, their offense obviously didn't run the ball in the second half, so our defense couldn't do what it does, and it still came away with 19 total pressures in the game. So the fact that our defense is still doing that in one half of football when he's not throwing – because you can't get a pressure on a run play, obviously. So we still find a way to win, and I think that goes more into coaching, more into sustainability. The coach is keeping us together and holding you know the team accountable and the team is now holding itself accountable and I think that's the transition we're seeing from last year to this year is the maturity and the growth of the players to know that they're going to stay in all these games every single week Salah talked about it in his press conference they're going to be in every single one of these games whether it's 14 to 7 21 to 28 24 to 17 it's going to be a close game almost every single week of the season but that's not to say they're the same You can have a good offensive performance, a bad defensive performance, a great defensive performance, and an okay offensive performance. It's always Mm going to be different. This week, it was special teams and defense outside of one drive, and that's what won us the game. And then Zach came up clutch in the moments when Zach needed to, and they probably played a little scared. They probably coached a little scared until there was 24 seconds, and I don't always believe the 24 seconds no problem was the mindset because if that was the mindset, you should have been you know, doing that to begin with, but it's, it's an ugly, you got to call it ugly, but you can't say it's, it's the same. That's my, now what about, what about, you know, you guys have both touched on it. I mentioned it the other day, Robert Sala was asked about it a few weeks ago. I forget which game it was. I think it was after one of the losses when somebody talked about how Zach Wilson tends to look better when they run tempo, when they run hurry up Mm -hmm. and Rob, you know, why don't you run that more? And Sala says, well, you want balance. And I'm assuming he means he doesn't want his defense to get worn out. Well then, how about you just run it early and get a lead, and then slow things down? But oh, wow. what, what do you it, what do you think about that? I mean, it, it drives me crazy. And yeah. someone someone really came after me on Twitter a few weeks ago. I forget. It might have been their last loss because <clears throat> they weren't moving the ball. And then like there was like a drive in the fourth quarter where they went hurry up, and it was like zip, 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 zip. They just marched down the field. I was like, oh, what do you know? You let the kid let it rip, and he can throw a little bit. You know, people like he sucks. Stop saying nice things. You know, but I, I mean change things up. You got to change something. You can't keep doing, you got to get, I mean, get Conklin involved. If you're going to have Gibson out there, get him some target to be Dazen hasn't put up the all 22. So I haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't know if Gibson was getting separation. I would imagine he's got to be getting some with his skill set. Um, but from what, from the TV angle, it looked like nobody was getting, he's separation. got six giants defenders in his face on every drop back. Cause they're on their fifth center. Like yeah, well, I'm, I'm I mean in general, just like you have Joe to get, Montana get could make throws under these circumstances, which which is another aspect, right? Why not more rollout? You talked earlier; he completed that pass to Lazard on the rollout. Yes. We don't see as many rollouts as we should. We don't see the same play action we should, and we don't see tempo. It's we do this. We see them do the same thing every week, and it's just it's like you, you got to change something up at some point. This yeah, team, I don't. Sorry, go, Chris. No, I was just going to say this team. I don't want this conversation, and hopefully the listeners can 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 understand the the nuances of what the three of us are discussing. I am I am heaping praise on Zach Wilson where I think it's deserved, but I'm not sugarcoating it by saying he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. There are flaws with this football team, and we have all said on this show. I think all three of us agree they can win any. I, I fully believe this. They can win any football game they play. They mm-hmm. can also lose any football game they play because of the injuries to the offensive line, because of the play calling, because of the inability to convert on third downs, their struggles in the red zone. These are all things. Now, that's not solely just on the quarterback. The injuries are not on the quarterback. The play calling is not on the quarterback, right? There are things that are beyond, are, are out of Zach Wilson's control. There are things that are in Zach Wilson's control. Can't take that sack 
on third and 10 with a minute left. You got to just make, if you throw a pick, you throw a pick. No one's going to, no one's going to hate you for it. You got to make a play there, but I'm still of the belief that they have trained this kid to not make a mistake. And so he mm-hmm. doesn't want to throw a pick because he's afraid he's going to get dragged for doing so. So I, 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 I still believe in that. But when, when you look at when you look at this team and when you look at what this team needs to do moving forward, they have to shore up their third downs. They have to use more design runs for Zach. They have to bootleg him out of the pocket. They have to get because if you have a, if you have an, a, a pocket that's going to collapse very quickly, the easiest thing to do, move the launch point, move him to the right, move him to the left. Yeah. Give me a quick give me a quick for my NCAA football fans out there who played NCAA 14, get me a little wide receiver mid screen, just a little quick out. Give me, you got to play quick game with him because if he can get the ball out quickly, get it to Garrett Wilson, get it to Xavier Gibson, get it to Brees Hall, let them make plays in space, move the launch point, get him rolling out and hitting the tight end on a, on a little, you know, hitch route. Like there are ways to be creative, but this goes back to the, the concerns I had from the get go. I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett is creative enough to be able to put that stuff in. No. Yeah, and I, I, I'm only halfway through the third quarter in my play charting, but we talked about this last week, Chris. I kind of harped on it. You you have to show more variations of what you've already shown, and they like to do some of the, the shotgun RPO game, like the bubble screen game to Zach, uh, Garrett Wilson, but they never run it out of shotgun. So if you know that they're never going to run it out of shotgun, I, I'm looking at it right now. They've only ran one time out of shotgun in the the Giants game so far that I've rewatched, I believe it was, oh, it was Xavier Gibson for four yards. So it wasn't even an actual running back run. So they're not even trying the, to the empty backfields on third and one. That's yeah, brutal. That's a bad. That's a bad decision. That's just a bad play. When you call. have the offensive line that you have and the defensive front that they have, you can't go five wide and expect Zach to pick it up because he has not been throwing hot correctly at least all season long. And if he does, he's a touch late like he was on the first drive, and look what happened. He got strip-sacked. I got I got up here, and I said that the Giants were going to score 17 points on us. We were going to win 23-17. to 17. Chris gave me a little bit of flack, and I explained. I thought the defense was going to score a touchdown. And you know what? God damn it. They almost scored a touchdown in four minutes of the game. And yeah. that's, what, like, that's what it was. And that would have been a complete game-changer. Instead, we held them to a field goal. If that game was four, uh, 7 nothing instead of 3 nothing right there, that would have been a completely different game. But – it, it's just you can't play scared, which we talked about last week. Where they're playing boring, which is a step up. Now you got to take another step up this week against the Chargers and against the Raiders and kind of start doing the, the, the backpack mentality of, okay, the guys in front of me are kind of shit, and I need to start manufacturing some of these plays and getting out of the pocket, changing the launch point, doing all these things. It's a, it's a group effort to get it going. Obviously, Hackett needs to call these, but it's going to be on Zach Wilson soon to start – getting this offense going at, at a good, reasonable, consistent clip. Can I share a concern that I have about this team right now that's not related to the offense? Because it appears we spend most of our time talking about Zach Wilson anyway, so I'll figure I'll transition us to something else. I am waiting for the day because it hasn't happened yet this season, and they've gotten close a couple of times, where a defensive penalty late in a game costs this team a football game because they're mm-hmm. getting away with it right now. They are committing some brutal, oh, just... Yeah unimaginable penalties. Michael Cummins, you can't do that. That I, I don't that, think that I've was ever the worst life. life. Jermaine Johnson, anyone jump on a punt. Jermaine Johnson, we can't be doing that. You you gotta understand. You just gotta know better. Like you just you gotta. John Franklin, it. He John, John Franklin he Myers it. has to just bring bring all the defensive players and be like, listen, I'm I'm the king of doing this. You you can't you can't do that. You, we were just not in that spot because it is going. They've gotten. If there's one thing that's unsustainable 
to use the the narrative term that's yeah. out there. It's that because they're getting mm-hmm. away with it right now. Yeah. And and that to me, I, I, I listen. You know, I'm it's a it's a roller coaster ride with me and Robert Sala week to week. I don't know if I think he's the long term coach or not. That's one of the things that bothers me about Sala as a coach. That's on coaching. And that's your side yeah, of the ball, dude. That's your I'm side of the ball. I'm on that because I think back to, like, the Rex days with Willie Colon. And, like, Willie Colon was good for eight penalties a year, whether his coach was Mike Tomlin or Rex Ryan. And I'm like, these guys are told from Pee Wee, don't jump. Don't do that. Like, they know the rules. Like, they the know what the passer stuff. That's what's the un- crazy is the – well, the, the ticky-tack roughing the passer stuff drives me crazy. Um, but some of the stuff, I, I don't know. It's like it's – I always felt like, yeah, it's on the coaches, disciplinarian. But then I'm like, they are grownups, and they have been playing this game for 19 years. They know what they can and can't do, and I, it's, I'm sure it's something they've never. It's not that they haven't been told not to. They know the consequence if they do it. So it, I'm, I'm torn. I really am because I've seen, I've seen years where Bill Belichick, the, the master, you know, motivator and disciplinarian. I've seen years where the Pats are in the, you know, in the dumps in terms of, in terms of penalties. So it's, um, it's frustrating though. You're right, and it is going to. It's one of those things where you can't just think like, well, it's okay because it hasn't hurt us yet, but it will. And they if don't it costs have you a game. They don't have the margin of error for it. Exactly. The Chiefs, the Chiefs do. Yeah. The Bengals yeah. do. The Chargers do. These teams that are juggernauts offensively, the Eagles do. The Jets, their average margin of victory this season is 6.23. I did the math today. That's their That's average margin That's of victory. But it's less than a touchdown. It feels like less than that. <laughs> they don't have 1.6. They don't have the wiggle room to extend a drive for a team and let them score a touchdown. They will yep. lose games that way. And so, by the way, their average uh, margin of defeat is north of nine points. So they play a close game regardless of what direction it yeah. is. And, and there's a 20-point really loss to the Cowboys. Is, the in Dallas there. one right. is the one that skews it, really. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, but offensively, they need some help. Roger Saffold, <laughs> does he have anything left in the tank? No. Um, Chris Glazer, has he no. ever had anything in the tank? We've not seen no. him. Um, they went back and snagged him today. They pulled him off, I believe, the Cowboys practice squad. Um, he's been on and off the Jets roster and practice squad about a dozen times at the, by this point. Uh, Virginia Tech, I think. Virginia Tech kid. Virginia, Virginia Tech, one of those two. Um, wasn't, you know, wasn't a highly thought of prospect. Saffold's been around for a million years, but, I mean, what can you expect from either of these guys? Ask a Bills fan about Roger Saffold when he was there yeah. last, and they'll tell you they wanted nothing to do with the guy. This is GMing malpractice that th- that this team couldn't send a sixth round pick to Minnesota for Ezra Cleveland. The, the, I want to know what happened there. Malpractice. That, I want to know what happened done. there. How did, this team traded a sixth round five, pick? I would have given up a five for him if someone they else offered a sixth. Six I would have given a five a year ago for James Robinson. We can't use a sixth on Ezra Cleveland, and especially since we're expecting, Nuts. you know. Three comp picks. We're expecting three sevens back, mm-hmm. so it's not like they're you know. When I saw and 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 uh, Peoples Jones too, he's another one who could help. Donovan Peoples Jones went for a six. I'm not, I'm not going to get that upset, but Ezra, Cle- I didn't think Ezra. Cle- I can't believe they did that deal. So yeah. this is the thing. Somebody asked me, hey. Chris, what do you think like is a is a sneaky move that no one's talking about? And I'm like, I'd love the Jets to get Ezra Cleveland. I said this is like two days ago. I said Ezra Cleveland would be fantastic. And they're like, oh, that that is a good one. And I was like, but yeah, I don't know if Minnesota is going to move him, move him, right? I don't know if that's going to happen. And then somebody messaged me and they're like, oh, you were right. And I'm like, oh, did the Jets get Ezra Cleveland? And then I saw he went to Jacksonville. I'm like, all right, well, that that sucks. I didn't think he was available. Like, and then they're like a day three pick, and I'm like, you gotta be bleeping me. Like, you yeah. you've got to be kidding me, Joe Douglas. We can't do that. 
Yeah, so hey, somebody, they, somebody they got Dwayne me. Brown coming that, back. That They're all that he doesn't tackle. We need help on the interior. I just wanted I to make it. To and make that was it. that was a joke anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't uh, need help this week, Dylan. Being, being he's angry. he's gonna be our left tackle. That's where we're at. He's gonna be I our left tackle. Mackay's gonna be our, our right tackle. They're gonna move him back. Yeah. And and I don't know. Maybe Mitchell. I don't think he can play guard. I really don't. Glass. Well, he was working at guard before the injury. And I remember right. when we had um when we had Emery Hunt on earlier last yep. year. I think he when they took Mitchell, he said he thought Mitchell had guard flexibility. And yeah. he was working at guard before the injury. Then once he moved to tackle, that's when they started working Hunter at guard. Um, and he shouldn't even be on the roster, if we're being honest. Um, My biggest concern yeah. is is Robert Sala talked about he wants – you always want to dress uh, three centers or three people that can at least snap you the ball. And you yeah. never want two players to ruin a personnel package for you. So using that those context clues, I don't know what three bodies they're going to get in here by Monday to – be able to snap the ball. I don't now, know if Glazer has Kipman. experience. I've, I've, I've been off the internet for the last four hours. I, have, I haven't Kipman. seen anything, but I mean, as far as we know, it's they just have the extra day, so they're just hoping. That's what it seems like. So you have him, potentially. Uh, you have Newman, um, and then you have Poe on the practice squad. You have Glazer now up. I mean, Billy Turner's only a guard. He's not a center. Dennis Kelly's not. Like, I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to ask sketchy. a really dumb question. Do they have one of the guards snap this week? If it's Lakin, maybe. And like, that's the name I was going to suggest. As a star, are, get a veteran are, who can are work they, there all week. Are they potentially? Because remember, remember, they did this with AVT, right? AVT, they didn't say anything. They, they didn't tell us anything. And then you all of a sudden they were like, right tackle, baby, where AVT is yep. over there. So they're yep. this is they do this, and so I wonder if all week long, if Lakin or, or Billy Turner or somebody yeah. is taking reps to be the center on on Monday. on the sideline, Lakin was taking shotgun snaps after the fumble with Zach. Yeah, yeah. He so did some under center snaps with Newman, and then he did some shotgun with Lakin just in case. So I mean, and, you're looking yeah, at Joe's you're looking at Tipman is out. We don't know yet, Joe. We don't know. You're looking at Becton, Newman, Tomlinson. Who the hell is your right guard, Max Mitchell, on Monday? Like, you put Glazer in? You got to start Chris Glazer? Like, that's where we're at? Last week was our fourth offensive line combination. I think think maybe we see a lot of Nick Bodden in a heavy run game. Keep the tight ends attached. That's all I got to say. Stop flexing them out. Fullbacks and run it. Yeah. Oh, I wonder. That's a great call, Dylan. I wonder if we see more um, 12. You and they to. use they use Ruckert as a sixth offensive lineman. I wouldn't that be would surprised be... if they if they did more of that because I'm here to tell you if not we might watch Joey Bosa might might kill Zach Wilson. It's gonna be ugly if they don't. If do... Zach Wilson if... doesn't turn the ball over against this pass rush with this offensive line on Monday, I don't want to hear. No one's allowed to say a word to me. Or not a not a single word. They can't do the same game plan against the Giants that they and think that it's going to work against the Chargers. I know well, again they're completely be... different defenses, but those names yeah. up front, Bosa, Mac, I believe their defensive interior player is really good too. Like you can't take them lightly, and you got to just put bodies on bodies, six man protection every play, or sure. seven man protection with your running back on a chip, 
Just you got to do it every single play. And the thing that's going to be really, I think, the difference in this football game, and uh, we can maybe use this as a transition into predicting the game and, and talking about the game on Monday. I, I think the Jets are going to feast running the football. The Chargers are not good at defending the run. It is the weakness of this defense. And so you can attack them in that regard. And you're telling me that a matchup in which the team that the Jets are opposing is bad at defending the run, Nathaniel Hackett's not licking his chops at the idea of running it downhill with Brees Hall a bunch in this football game. And so that to me is is the key. Run the football early with Brees. Like you mentioned, Dylan, get me Jeremy Ruckert as a sixth offensive lineman. Get me chips with with the running backs, Brees Hall out of the, out of the backfield. Just, just give me give – me, buy me a half a second because I think a half a second is the difference between Zach being able to get the ball out into his playmaker's hands. And, and listen, you have to be willing early in the football game to take the shots when they're there. Play the percentages. If you see the Chargers are going to stack the box against you early on first down, every so often – Hit them with a look where you're hitting a deep cross. Hit them mm-hmm. with something where you're running mesh and you got two you got two guys crossing and you're able to hit a guy in stride and let him make a play. That's your way of opening them up because now you're going to have Brandon Staley off the back hook, off the back foot, right? He is going to be all f- flustered of what you're going to do. And I, I, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, all these quarterbacks have struggled against this Jets defense. I don't think it's going to be any different with Justin Herbert, who, by the way, is still dealing with that finger problem that is still mm-hmm. lingering. And, so, and plays a similar style to all the quarterbacks you just mentioned. They're exactly. not the type to sit patiently like Dak did on week two, take the easy stuff behind the line of scrimmage within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Justin Herbert has an arm and he loves to prove that he does. So mm-hmm. this does. is the, when Perfect. your defense is healthy now, like this is the game they just had last week. They only had, you know, two quarters of legitimate coverage to play on the back end. Sauce and Reed. They knew it was going to be a run. It was just they couldn't. Yeah literally pinch in and, and leave their guy so uh, they're they're rested they had a half a game extra yep. of rest yeah. so this is the game where you got to fire them up because keenan allen mike williams quentin johnston i believe they're all healthy they're all good players but you can take advantage of the way that justin herbert plays football with this defense this is terrible podcasting because i'm going to go back to the giants game for a second because it's something i have not had the opportunity to talk about what a coaching blunder by brian dable to take the ball in overtime what are you doing dude that was, What's, I couldn't you got that. it. That's what I mean. That, that, I've not yeah. watched a lot of him, but I'm and then do what you did with it. Right. I've Conventional heard a lot of wisdom. talk about how good this guy is. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't get it. Conventional wisdom says you take the ball in overtime because you want the most number of possessions. Because you can score. <laughs> but you have Tommy DeVito playing quarterback and you've yeah. run the same play every time when you're on offense. So in, in so you actually have to play the field position game. You got to put your defense on the field, make a stop, get a short field. Because, guys, they gift wrapped that game to the Jets the and, moment yeah, they and took then, off. Listen, yeah. I get that it's Tommy. Listen, Tommy DeVito, Danny DeVito, whatever. Like, you can't come out and just throw swings behind the line of scrimmage inside you, your own ten. Uh, the third Whoa, down ball. play. That the, was bad. The, the <laughs> third so down. Bad. The third down play where it was. It was the screen. Quinn and Williams absolutely obliterated. I think it was John Michael Schmitz. He obliterated him. Mm-hmm. He he pancaked him. I thought Jeff Saturday was going to talk about it on ESPN. He got him out of the way, and he looked. There is a second where he looks at Tommy DeVito and there's this moment of, oh, I know what you're going to do. And Quinnen Williams turns his back to the play and runs to Saquon to stop him. I've never seen a defensive back, do, a defensive lineman do that. Ever. He would have intercepted it too if it wasn't he for Quincy. He had a pick six to win the football game. I've never yep. seen a defensive lineman that quickly go, oh, I could kill you, but I'm just going to go over here because everybody in the building, including the guy selling popcorn up in section 312, knows what you're doing. So I'm just going to go over here. It was insane. 
I, I tweeted yeah, about so that I two weeks that ago. Thing. I said this defense has had a terrible time under Salah defending the screen, but at least somebody went over the summer, and that was Quinn and Williams, and just did screen work because every time there's a screen in the past like He's month, maybe maybe even all of regular season, I haven't like completely been, but the last four weeks specifically, he sees the screen, he just runs to the back, and he just puts his big body there. He's like, good. All my other friends are going to come and sack you or you're going to throw it right to me. And we saw that that man's got sticky hands. He went down and got that pass against the Eagles. So shout out to Quinnen finally reading screens, but him and Quincy, maybe they just like worked out it together, but they've been reading screens like nothing else. And it, it's it was, super exciting. It was insane to just see him. He literally was within two steps of Tommy DeVito and just decided to change. He just changed his mind. He was like, nah, I'm just going to go over here. Real quick before we wrap things up, guys. Um, Jets had a player in for a workout today with Al Woods down. Perion Winfrey, a recent draft pick of the Cleveland Browns. He was <clears throat> he was a guy that I liked coming out of college. Um, he went a little bit later than I thought he would. What are your thoughts about possibly? Apparently, like I said, I just saw the blurb as we were starting up. He was let go because there were some uh, some disciplinary issues, but uh, no health issues, no production issues. Last season as a rookie, 22 tackles as a part-time player, which isn't a terrible number for a rookie interior lineman. Um, What are your thoughts on possibly bringing him in? I was going to say, Chris and I saw him 2022 Senior Bowl together, and I believe we had a conversation and just said, this man is violent. And (laughs) I, I believe he was on the Jets team, and he did well. He did super well. I liked his hands. I thought his film was really good from Oklahoma. Then he gets into the NFL and he's got all these troubles and he had some character concerns that were kind of, I guess that came to the surface after the senior bowl and everybody got together and, and, you know, some news breaks about, you know, red flags about certain prospects. And that was one for him. And then it kind of lingered in and obviously spilled over into the NFL because he was arrested again on a misdemeanor assault charge, something about um, something with a woman involved and uh, putting his hands on her. So not really the look that you want to see, you know, your team bringing in these types of players. Um, if you're just talking about the players specifically, he is a violent player. So he would fit that, that scheme technique, that Aaron white cotton effort technique violence that they love to preach. Um, I just, I would probably just not put too many expectations on it. I think the expectations are like where my happiness comes from in like the silver lining of the Al Woods injury is Tanzel smart. Like that guy's getting a chance now. And yeah. I'm so excited to see Tanzel Smart go because I know it was last preseason, but him and Michael Clemens on the interior were a force in in the, the late end of those games there. So I'm excited for Tanzel Smart, but I wouldn't put too many eggs in Winfrey's basket, although I think he could be a, a pretty cool player if the Jets did add him. Yeah, this is a, a player that was let go from the Browns, uh, accused in July of um, uh, assaulting a woman, pulling a gun. Um, those charges were just recently, uh, he was not charged with that. Um, there was this big investigation, but just recently um, that stuff was dropped. Look, this this team is going to always, uh, I, I guess, except when it comes to the offensive line, look to upgrade uh, their 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 depth, right? That's what they always do. And so when Al Woods goes down and he's going to be out for the remainder of the season, they, they probably just want another body in there. So um, I don't know if Perry on Winfrey is going to fit what they want to do. I mean, this is the same team that brought in Lyle Collins for a visit and nothing ever came of that either. So teams mm-hmm. bring in guys for visits all the time. Um, the, 
and honestly, guys, most of the time they do that because it's a player that they've never interacted with before. They don't know. And so they want to bring him in, talk to him, let him work him out. And they, they get their answer that way. Right. And they're able to, to talk to him. So it doesn't mean that they're close to signing him. It doesn't mean they're bringing him in. It's just their their interest was peaked. They wanted to bring him in hear from from him himself and then make a decision from there. But, I, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that one way or the other. They're going to sign him because throughout the course of the season, teams bring in all sorts of guys on visits. And like yeah, you said, sometimes uh, they don't they don't even know the player at all and they just want right. to introduce themselves. Exactly. But in this case, they do know him. So maybe they just are like, hey, uh, you've been in the league for a year and a half now, whatever. You kind of, you know, had your ups and downs. Let's just check in on him, see where exactly. you're at. Exactly. They don't throw out those draft evaluations. I mean, guys like us, we keep our books and all our notes of all our guys yeah. that we study. So when those guys are free agents, that's exactly what they fall back on. So that's this is just a classic case of doing their due diligence on a guy that they already have enough information on and they just need to make a decision on whether the character concern in my opinion is is worth pulling the trigger Mm -hmm. all right so before we wrap it up we need some score predictions what do we got i said earlier that the jets margin of victory this season was 6.23 they move that number in the correct direction this week because they are winning the football game against the los angeles chargers 23 to 14 wow Wow, 14 that's that's to see it I was going to say 23 to 14. That's that's similar to what you predicted a little bit last week, 24 to 10, I believe it was. So well, I'm close. Herbert I'm, and the Chargers are better than the Giants, so they get to score more points. No, I got to be logically consistent here, okay? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go like super tight margin of victory. I know the Jets are home uh, underdogs. I'm hoping that I'll, uh, me being in attendance is going to 34. Help. Somebody in the chat said 34 I, I, points. I was just going to comment on 30. that. Listen, I, the next I one's even the worse. Abby. There's the still three uh, bigger fans of Zach Wilson, I think, than the three people on this show. We support this guy, this kid more than anybody else. Even I won't say that they're going to get to 34 points. Defense is scoring two tutties if they're getting 34. <laughs> two. <laughs> and special teams getting yeah. one. Yeah, special they're teams averaging, doing stuff they're too. averaging one touchdown a game. So for, for all the points that I want them to score, I'm going to go 17-14. It's going to be another slow, ugly one, but the Jets are just going to force some turnovers, and I think that's what's going to help them win. Yeah, um, I'm somewhere at the 14-13, 17-13 in that range. I think they win it, but I think it's a tight one. Um, defense is going to show up again big time. And uh, <laughs> finds our lack of faith disturbing. I'm the only guy who's going to score 20 points. You guys are yeah. all think they're going to yeah. score less than 20? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Until the line just makes me here's nervous. The thing. Here's the thing. If they go tempo, if they roll Zach out, if they that's, get Conklin involved, then I'm, yeah, then I'm saying 27 13. Like they'll put up some points. If Nathaniel but Hackett listens to us talk, we'd put up 20 points. Easy. Easy. We yeah. have all the answers right here. Run out of shotgun, Ruckert as your sixth offensive lineman, tempo. Let's go. We can score 20. (laughs) All right, guys. Good one tonight. Enjoyed it. We'll catch you again next week. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, You got it. Was all three of us picking the Jets to win this one? Have a good one from Jet Nation. Take care, Jets fans. All right. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.